What's my name? It is Matt Brown, and let's start the show. Be called the greatest love of all inside of me. Sexy chocolate. everybody we have a special friday edition of the productive conversations podcast yes it's friday it's a new episode one hell of a week election week 2020 when this is dropping as i'm recording this intro on the wednesday edition i'm not sure if we have a new president yet or the same one I'm not sure of the results as i'm recording this at one o'clock on wednesday for the special friday edition so I just have a nice plethora of contract of content. I have amazing guests I have to show off, and why not? Here's my treat to you on this election week, a special edition, a special additional edition of the Productive Conversation podcast, and I have my buddy Kevon Cowan in the building this evening. And well, Kevon is from Jamaica. He came to the United States of America in the late 2000s, going from the Bronx to Mount Vernon to now Fairfield County, Connecticut, and all things in between. This man has lived quite the life. He is one of the best vibe people I have, one of the best well-dressed men I've ever had I've ever been around. Seriously, this guy is going to go places either with his very intelligent brain, with his amazing ability to storytell. He shares some spoken word poetry with us. Then he tells us about a lot of great experiences, advice, and most importantly, he's just somebody who I love to be around and love to talk to. And I was so happy when he said yes to coming on. And now that he has a special Friday edition for himself today, it's going to be sweet. And don't worry, the schedule will still go on as scheduled. You're going to have podcasts still on Mondays and Thursdays. But today was a special exception to help fit all the great guests, all the great men and women who've been coming on. I'll be throwing random podcasts here and there on various weeks that are not on Mondays and Thursdays like today. So that's why we have a special edition today, a Friday episode of the Productive Conversation podcast. And this is a good one. This is my conversation with the great Kevon Cowan. Here we go. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Productive Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Brown. It's Friday night. It's mid-October. It's freezing. It's raining. But most importantly, the sun is shining even in the evening because Kevon Cowan is here this evening. Yep. Hailing from Jamaica, then the Bronx, then Mount Vernon, now here in Fairfield County, Connecticut. And I am very thrilled that I have this amazing, aspiring aspiring writer and a good friend here this evening. Kevon, how are you this? How are you I doing? I am well, man. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Got my red stripe beer, so I'm good. And I'm ready for it. Exactly. And we have on the studio audience, Brendan Brown and Kadeem Phillip. You guys doing good? 
Glad to have you guys. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. Anyways, as Kadeem mentioned, it's Friday night. Um, it's 9.30. No bars tonight. We will blame COVID for that. So instead of killing it as per usual, we will do these Wherever positive. Wherever Jamaican or Caribbean goes, the sun is always shining. That's what I like to hear. Kevon's drinking the Red Stripes. I'm drinking this Lone Head Whiskey. Let's take a cheers to that, the everybody manly who's man, here. Matt, always with the strong whiskey. I like to think so. <laughs> Uh, all right. I didn't expect that, but I've had better. But anyways, how are you doing today, Kevon? What's going on? I'm good, chilling, cooking up some ideas in my head right now for writing later on. So, What are you thinking about? So I got like some spoken words that you guys might be hearing tonight. Really? I, um, so, yes, Kevon, you mentioned that for me. Um, yep. Why not share it right now? Why don't we kick it off with some spoken words? Some word spoken poetry. words. You want to hear some? Very much right. so. Okay. Hope you guys are ready for it. It's kind of, it's kind of a little, a little deep. So wait, before you, we get deep already. Uh, about seven minutes in. What is this poem about, and what inspired you to write it? It's just about like not knowing who you are in like this like modern society rule like that's like rule or like over like a culture like where the majority is a culture like different from yours yeah so it's like more so there's like more of a culture shock to like the people um who are like you like people who um are of the same background as you so so it's something that you're not used to and it's like like losing yourself because of that and like trying to find yourself like in the long run trying to like become or like find out who you really are so it's a real i'm sorry um but it's a real coming of age poem almost yes all right i mean is there anything else you want to share before we uh we awakening to say per se great i appreciate you coming coming to the podcast to share this Uh, and you mind if i put this on my instagram story while you do it (laughs) all right kevon why don't you tell do the spoken word for us? So uh, it's called "Who Am I?" and like there's something in it for everybody. So and I hope you guys like it. All right, Kevon, we're ready when you are. So it goes like this: To not know who I am is the worst thing to me. You see, how can I be all I can be if I do not know the real me? I speak English. Am I an Englishman? No, that cannot be. Though I must say I do enjoy a good cup of tea. Still I wish I knew the native tongue of my ancestors, once proud and free. I say once because there are still some who are enslaved mentally. Have I been cursed to emulate the colonizer who took my true identity? That's it. There's still more to it, so. I hear that. Really, so. When did you write this, Kevon? We appreciate that, of course. Give a little clap for who's here for that. Appreciate the love. It means a lot to me. So it's uh, it's been a uh, a long time coming. Um, I wanted to like add more to it, but I was like trying to like finish my book. So and it's a lot of work, but you gotta strive. You gotta gotta do it. Gotta get up and do it. So you uh, mentioned you wrote a book or yeah, writing in the I'm a book. I'm still in the process. What's your? Hard do you work. mind me asking what it's about? So it's about like. Um, so, you know, like Rick Riordan or Riordan, I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. He's like one of my favorite authors. 
And like Rick Riordan? Yeah, Rior- yeah, Riordan. So um I grew up like um reading him in like middle school. So but before I read him, I like read the original like mythology, so like the real old stuff. But I wanted to but it was more so European. I wanted to like learn about or read about more like stuff like it's common to my ancestry, like the same as me. So I wanted to learn about like African gods. So yeah. I came. I got had the idea. Maybe I I'll write about African gods in modern society and how it interti- intertwines with us. So that's pretty much it. And it's still a work in progress. Trying hard to finish it. I hope I can do it by the end of this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So pray for me, guys. Well, you certainly have our support here, and of course, the followers and listeners of the Productive Conversations podcast. You yep. can all get a chance to read it. Oh, please, please do, and if you feel when you have a blog or anything, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let the world know about it. So, you would consider yourself a writer in this world, right? Yes, not too, not enough of us, really. Not enough, not enough writers. Yes. Why do you think that is? So like in this modern age, it's like more like influencers and like TikTok and like people like girls, like teenage girls and boys getting like famous for like the smallest things. There's not like, um, like the old traditional ways of like writing because of for this like social media era and like technology that we have, which is good, but at the same time it can be bad. So I want to like bring back the old traditional ways and like bring back. All these um, reading and writing for like the younger, the next generation, so we don't entirely forget about or make obsolete our old ways and like like the word to the paper. Yes, it's pretty much what I want to do, and that's what I want to be my legacy that I leave behind when I'm older. Do you think it's possible to do that? to get this generation who is so into their phones and social media and stuff like that? Yeah, why not? I don't see a reason because, like, there's, like, most people that I've met, they are even, like, millennials. Like, I'm, like, in between because I was, like, born in 96. So um, they always say they feel like they were born in the wrong time. It's something that I get a lot. And I, I always felt like I was a man, like, born out of my time. Like, I was, like, born in the wrong era. And I, like, feel like we're here for a reason. Like, we, there's always that kid or, like, there's always people like us who like keeps like the old tradition alive so we never it never dies and we never forget about like our history and where we're coming from and where we were as a generation which era do you think you belong to which era or decade or stuff like that good (laughs) question i don't like to go back in time because of the cultural aspects of like people of culture um people of like um color how they were treated back in the day so like yeah. There's like this like running joke like my friends used to like tease me about saying like that I could only look to the future, which I like at first I found I like um found this I found it funny, but like as I got older, it's like really sad for like for that for the, something like that to be said, but at the same time it's true because of how like people of color and like people of other different ethnicities were treated. But that's why we have to remember like the past so we don't repeat the um Remember our past so we don't, like, make it, um, do it in the future or, like, making it, yeah. Like they say, those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. For sure. One second. I hear that, and I appreciate you sharing that as well. And 
I mean, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners or any audience who should be aware of what you're discussing? Yeah, just um, everyone, just like be true to yourself, be true to who you are. Don't let society make you any less or any different than what you are. Don't be afraid to speak up. And like, that's the only way you can make change because if you don't stand for anything, you fall for everything. So it's another saying that I like. I would hear that with some uh, clapping in the background for sure with with our studio audience tonight. All right, Kevon. So let's see what else is going on in this world. It's been tw- it's 2020. It's been a literal hell of a year. Uh, who would have even thought we would be at this spot, Kevon? <laughs> I mean, what's what what how how have you managed the craziness that 2020 has been? Yeah. And also, don't forget to uh, make sure the mic is, wherever you're standing. Make sure the mic is facing That's you. Another great question. How, I, if you and by the way, if you want to hold the mic, if it is fixed, you feel better. You could just, just yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. What I do is I um, <laughs> what's uh, it's what I've always done really. Um, so uh, growing up in middle school, I was like that, like kind of like um, like middle school and high school. Where'd you grow up? Coming from, from middle school. So first we lived in um, Mount Vernon. I was like, how uh, the saying goes, fresh off the boat from Jamaica. So that like, there's this huge culture shock, and I uh, I was um I didn't really understand anything or um understand this like different culture that I came into fully understand it because it was so different from mine. So I didn't really talk to like um to anyone. So um, so this kids, was in Mount Vernon, New York. Yeah, this was in Mount Vernon, A. B. Davis Middle School. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, good times and the worst times. Yeah, so I, I really, like, um, didn't, I wasn't, like, like I said earlier, I didn't stay true to myself. I, I, I immediately started following what I would see the other kids doing, like, being bad or, like, not respecting the teachers, and that wasn't who I was, but I, I did it to fit in. So, like, I made that kind of, like, energy, like, define who I was, which was not me, and... I regret it to this day. I should have stayed true to myself, and I learned that late, later in life. So, um, there was that, and like, yeah, kids would be kids, and like in middle school. So, yep. What was the, what was the biggest thing to adjust coming from Jamaica to the United States? Wow, the biggest thing to adjust. It's, it was like, oh, real. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it was like to adjust my mindset, to really like, like change with the times to not, not like hold on to my like traditions like really well well like just coming into um this new culture so um it was like my way of fitting in so um, i didn't really like know any better at the time i was i was like only like 12 13 so i tried my best i was able to survive those times and some of the best times some of the worst times and and now i'm here today and i'm True to myself, I always try to stay true to myself and like stick to my beliefs. And and you're here discussing all that here on the Productive Conversations podcast. Uh, what what was? Do you remember some of your first early days coming from Jamaica to Mount Vernon to like going to your first home, eating your first American meal? Do you remember any of that stuff? Oh, absolutely. I remember my stepdad making me pancakes. This is for the first time you, uh, you've had pancakes ever. First time having pancakes, which was like strange to me. At first, I didn't like it. I didn't finish it. But I, I like grew to like it. It was like, 
It's crazy because I was like used to like the Caribbean food, Caribbean breakfast, like ackee and saltfish. For those of you who know what that is, and like coming in, it's like a whole different vibe. And I was, and it was like spaghetti and meatballs and stuff like that. And that's not even. I mean, that's traditionally <laughs> Trad- Italian. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like that is more of an American, American thing now. <laughs> yep. Good times. Do you? What is your favorite American food, Kevin? My favorite American food. I would have to say would have been the macaroni and cheese, which I love to make. And you still love it to this day? To this, well, to this, I don't eat dairy anymore to <laughs> discipline myself, but that was one of my favorites. When I did um, eat dairy or drink it, too, yeah. What is your least favorite American food? Least favorite American food. Wow, that's a hard one. Hmm... What's something you eat? Trash. Never. You can be honest if it's pizza. I love most food. Least favorite American food. Uh, hmm. Wow. (laughs) It's crazy I can't think of anything now, but I know there is one. Mm. Uh, You have to come back to me with that one, man. I I love food too much. How about... You even like American fast food? Oh, I love American fast food. Everyone does. <laughs> What's your favorite American fast food? You can eat anything you want. Maybe you smoke, maybe you smoke a blunt right after, and you're really hungry for it. Maybe you're getting some drunchies. You have unlimited cash, bro. Tell me what you're eating. Favorite American fast food would have to be the hamburger. From? Let's see. From. Best one I've tasted and loved so far, Five Guys. Five Guys is the best yeah. thing you've had in America since you came yeah, here. And a chocolate milkshake. Oh my God. Can I ask you, um, what's a Jamaican food that more people should should give the chance to try? Oxtails. Oxtails from an actual ox. <laughs> yep, it is from an actual ox. So, Kevon, can you tell me, tell me, I'm so interested, what does oxtails taste like? Oxtails is pretty much like, like, a, like say, chopped up steak, like a, like a kind of like beef, like it's soft, it's like spicy, not too much though, it's really good, it like melts in your mouth. That is something I can really get behind. My goodness what what do you have is there a side dish with the uh oxtail can i have some fries with it can I have some rice you have fries with it you'd have like plantains fried plantains yeah. rice and peas or like steamed cabbages steamed vegetables awesome awesome yeah. uh when was the last time you were in jamaica last time i was there was last spring yeah so like i went at the uh, end of january and early february came back in march you, were you homesick? Did it feel good to be back? Oh, it was amazing to be back. See a lot of my old friends that I grew up with since yeah. like the first grade. And do, like, do your friends ask you, "Hey, what's America like?" There must be a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> All the time, yeah. Some of them want to come here. Some of them say they'll never come here because they love the Paradise Island too much. <laughs> I could imagine, man. Yeah, like my dad. Yeah, he's yeah. He doesn't want to come here. America, huh? <laughs> it's not for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, can I ask you, do they do any, like, special drinks in uh, Jamaica? Special drinks, I'd say, like, um, rum. Anything that have to do Rum's with, like, big. the Ray and Nephew rum. 
They do a lot of those. That's a popular one. Oh, you can always get behind that. <laughs> sweet, sweet. We're known for the Caribbean rum. What? And you're also known for the cannabis plant. Yes, weed. Everybody wants to talk about the weed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, tell me about it, Kevon. Tell me about what's the weed like in uh, Jamaica. It's uh, it's some intense stuff. It's not definitely not for everybody, but when you do get some, you get it in bulk. You do get a lot. Is weed legal in Jamaica? Surprisingly, it's it's actually not legal. It's it's I would say it's um greatly decriminalized. Greatly decriminalized. But not legal. Well, a lot of people forget that. <laughs> what is it? Is there anything else we're missing in the Jamaican sphere? Of it's part of culture, amazing music. Definitely, people love their reggae. I love reggae. I mean, you've put me on to some great reggae artists. I think we've covered most of it so far. Awesome. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Well, uh, I guess we can st- grind some gears now. So, tell me, uh, why don't you tell me about some. What are some of your favorite things you'd like to do in your life right now? What are some of your favorite hobbies and favorite activities? Hobbies right now. Right now, where I'm at right now, it's like writing, listening to music, and winning the hearts of beautiful females. <laughs> you love winning the hearts of beautiful females, huh? How's that going for you? So far, so good. Have you found the one yet, you think? Or are you still waiting? <sighs> the Western girls. Western girls. You like Western girls, huh? They're a hard bunch. (laughs) What's some of the lessons learned while trying to uh, date in this world? Hmm. Lessons learned. Uh, hmm. Just be yourself. Don't, like, try to, um, let someone, like, make you their personal, like, robot or android like you are who you are and if they don't like you for you then they were never like they would never they were never like meant for you anyways yeah right i think that's some of the best advice i've gotten and i felt i've learned along the way whatever meant to be really does seem to happen you know i know people like to complain about dating and stuff like that but you never you ever hear someone complain who's madly in love probably thrilled all the time you know like i don't know i feel it is for everyone and it's tough to find the one or the special bay in this world of bays and not bays and like i try to remind myself all the time that yeah it's whenever it's meant to be like i used to be really bad with being confident and trying to show myself the girls i uh extremely late bloomer and well I felt I've learned a lot of lessons while yeah. striking out often. Now that you bring that up, Matt, funny story about that. So I was me. like always like the nerdy kid as long as I can remember. And um, so like when I like before I like went through like fully went through puberty, I would I got like um, like like really bad acne, and I was like this super nice kid. And, like, the girls, like, I didn't really get any attention from them. And, like, girls would, like, in middle school, start up until, like, my um, freshman, sophomore year of high school, girls would straight up say, oh, my God, like, you're, he's ugly. Like, or, like, call call me ugly. And then... To your face? Oh, absolutely. You say, hey, Kayvon, you're ugly. Yeah, to my face. And then... Oh, people are cruel, man. You, like, from, like, 
like the, like the saying, nice guys finish last. It does hit you, huh? It it like, it, um, it, it it could feel some type of way. During like um seventeen, my like acne cleared up. I started working out, and then all of a sudden I like became like this ladies man out of nowhere, and I didn't even real. I didn't like because I always you a ladies man, Kevon. I always like felt insecure, but like from like this like all that like trauma of like not like being popular with the girls and like stuff like that, and like skateboarding in high school, like all these things that like typically like a black person like shouldn't do like it's like taboo and i was always judged for it so um i like it changed the like worked out worked on myself which is another thing i should bring up don't like try to chase females like like be a better you before you do that and they would end up chasing you and that's pretty much what happened to me yeah i could say it any better, Kavana. It seems that way once we focus on ourselves and what we do, that it comes a little easier, more natural. And you figure all these people who are madly in love, and they say, like, "Hey, yeah, I just I was able to match with my wife at the right place at the right time, and um, I didn't have to do anything different." It seems what the person would say, and I believe that. And it's just so many people don't have the patience to try for that anymore either. And in the world of social media and the world we're in, they make sex and love and this go crazy. It's a virtue. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better. And we have to all remember that during this podcast. We have to remember that after this podcast. And we have to remember that during our whole lives. Because we don't have anything to lose as long as we put ourselves out there. And, you know... Nine times out of ten, good things will happen if you just, you know, don't go to the barn thinking, man, I'm going to get laid. Or don't go to, yeah. don't go, you you just just enjoy the time and maybe it works out. And don't put any pressure with that and everything's going to be okay. Really seems to work that way, right? Well said, Matt, well said. Yeah, well, well, some other things. Uh, why don't you tell me, Kevon, about... You like soccer. You're a big soccer oh, yeah. guy. Big football. I, it's funny, though, because when I was younger, I didn't like it growing up. And I like it's another thing I grew to like. My uncles, they would always watch it and like, make a big deal out of it. Until I, as I got... It's like as I got older, that's what I um, emulated. That's what I like became. I like loved it. Who's your favorite soccer team right now? My favorite soccer team. Talking international or clubs. Uh, we'll go with both. Tell me the internet. Tell me the uh, clubs first, and then the international. I have to be go with my uncle's. Also, my uncle's favorite team, who lives in Jamaica, Manchester United. So that's where I swung that way. <laughs> Some of you may not agree, but that's what it is. Who are the best players on Man U? I don't listen. I don't know anything about soccer. I mean, I know the game. I I, I play FIFA, but I couldn't tell you like who's what or well, what the, compared to some other that, sports. I, the, I, I don't know who's like the best right now per se on Man U. It's like Harfin, but I do know the best. Who is the best from other teams? Like I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Like Mane or. Beats me. You, 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 you could say Ronald McDonald, and I'll assume that he's a soccer player. I have no idea who's who. Big names, which you probably know, is like Cristiano Ronaldo. A lot of people love, but I think I Messi. I know Ronaldo, Messi. I personally think he's overrated. Most of my friends in Jamaica, they're all on his dick, and he's not talking about them. <laughs> why is why yeah, is that? People man? need to get off Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo's dick. <laughs> is he that nice? Like. 
My I remember when he played America versus Portugal. It was one of the World Cups. I think it was not this past one. So the past one was 2018. Mm. I could be wrong. The last oh. one was... Um, yeah, 2018. I think this was 2014. I remember he just did this... Croatia just, won the last one, 2018. Let me just see. It is 2018, that yes. World Cup. I just remember seeing this, this beautiful cross-field pass or cross-pitch pass that they got to tie the game against the Americans, Ronaldo. I mean... It was like a paintbrush to a canvas. How accurate it was! Yeah, the Americans need the American males. Overall, they need to step their game up in soccer. They're letting the women kill them, and now the the women are like, now they got a whole bunch of talk. They can, yeah, they they like all these bragging rights. They make them talk too much. Well, the women's the women's teams really put in some work. I mean, they're they're reigning World Cup champs, and they make us proud. You gotta, you gotta make like pay more respects to the um sport. Maybe they'd be better. That's probably why most of Americans don't like um, give um, soccer and football the credit it deserves. It is the most popular sport in the world. Right. Only not here. Do you think there will be a day that 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 we could take it as serious? I mean, it'd be hard to take it. I don't think they'll get an NFL level. So, but could it be? Could it be as popular as maybe baseball or basketball? Yeah, I, I'm, I think so. What what would take what would take that and I guess it would would it be more the MLS the Champs League? Uh... Um, since like the women's the women's um team do so well and they um greatly, well I would say um there are um younger girls and like boys who like look up to them or they are they're saying yeah. they could they could be that undefeated team they could be the best in the next world. generation that's yeah, what they're so, um, exciting for i think they they're all, they're doing that as a team the women, women's team for the country and and for like the the youth everywhere so i think that's good that's really sweet that's really really sweet uh come on what are some of the music you're liking right now what what are you bumping nowadays right now i oh Definitely British grime. British grime music. Yes, which is not very popular in the States, but I am one of those people who love it. Please elaborate. What is British grime so exactly? British, British rhyme is like... Um, British rhyme or British grime? Grime. It's called grime. So it's like um, the English, UK version of rap, hip-hop, stuff like that. So who are some of the big artists to look out for? So you want to... Uh, right now, it's Stormzy. He's a big. He's big there. Old school, you want is like Wiley, and then you have Skepta. I've heard of Skepta. Like Chip, and like Jamie, people like that. Look out for. Hmm. Good stuff. That's awesome. Do you think they can that British grime can have a revolution? It's a new decade. It's a new chance. I feel like oh, if absolutely, absolutely. if you look at the decades. You know, the six the sixties had their hippie music. The seventies had disco and hard rock. The eighties had hair metal and the early beginnings of hip hop, gangster rap in the nineties with alternative it'll music. Make it here eventually. It'll make it here. It'll make it it's already here, but it'll it'll be big one day. Because people people thought rap wouldn't be as big as it is today. And look look at it now. Who's the best rapper right now? Kendrick Lamar, absolutely I have to say. Why Kendrick? Amazing. The the brilliance. He's right there, by the way. He's on the wall. Yes, on the wall, right here. The man himself, the brilliance, the like, the the satire in his rap, like it's like it deals with issues like from the past and issues now, and he's just like genius in his way that he like um reflects that in his music. 
he's a legitimate storyteller too. Exactly. Without sounding campy and with legitimate rhymes, amazing beats. Like the old African storytellers of old. You know, wake up in the morning, you gotta go and rest your feet up. Mm-hmm. What other rappers are somebody look up to right now? British or American? Both, whoever. Both. Uh, let's see, who else? Who else do I like right now? Oh yeah, so um, I wouldn't say like, but Drake. He also he like takes from like Jamaica and and England. With the um, so right the last one I heard from him, he like, it's what he took from like England. So like in his song War, that's like a a grime flow, and he so he has like close ties with Jamaica and grime also. Jamaica has like a huge influence on like British rap that I notice, and it's like and when you like when they all come together, it's like makes like it's always amazing. It makes like this great thing. So like watch out for like so I think like Drake's the one that's like really revolutionized it here in America and I commend him for that even though he does steal from a lot of um cultures but the way he does it is is smart fair <laughs> to say he owned the last decade hit after hit after hit he's just the smart in the way he plagiarizes <laughs> tell me a bad rapper right now or an artist who who's a musical artist you can't stand like why do you people enjoy this person Stand mumble rappers as a whole. It's it's like because who? yeah, like uh, let's see, like people like Trippy Red or like um, Six Nine, <laughs> those people. I don't I don't really wouldn't consider them rappers really. They personally offend you. Yeah, they only yeah, it's offensive, and they only <laughs> like um. <laughs> you said it now. They're more to to more like take the younger kids, the younger generation mostly take a liking to them. Even my little brother now, it's like. Mostly what he listens to, he like because they don't know like like what rap is really about or is supposed to be about, like rappers rap from the '90s and '80s. That's what I would say is actual rap. They talk. These are like people that can just go on the mic and talk, and it's like something beautiful. All these like new rappers now, I don't know what they're doing, but all they do is mumble and they just like curse and like their violence just not good, and it's not good for the youth. Kevin, tell me what what is what pisses you off right now? What makes you angry and grind your gears? Oh my God! Yes, I'm so glad you asked that question, Matt. What like pisses me off right now is like the still seeing sagging and like 2020 right now. Like I even at like my job, I like saw this like old ass man. This man was like probably old enough to be all of our fathers this man was still sagging and he could barely walk just like pull your pants up and wear a belt it's so simple you don't need we don't need this in 2020 like going in oh my god hate it so i just want to kick the shit every time when i see somebody sagging i just want to like really like kick you like right in your ass <laughs> you just want to say, hey, you are disrespecting me by sagging. Offensive. You're making me feel uncomfortable, but I just want to kick the shit out of these bo- these boys, really. They're not men, because no men sa- men don't sag. <laughs> <laughs> What's another thing that pisses you off, Kevon? Another thing that pisses me off. Hmm. See, I'm like a humble person, so not a lot of stuff that really like can make me angry, because I'm like level-headed, but... But this pisses you off. Something's got to aggravate you and really upset you. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's right now it's just a sagging really that I could think of. <laughs> when was the last time did somebody do some when was the last time someone did you dirty without getting too personal? Like something like someone cut you in line, you couldn't stand it. Someone stole your food. What's someone that did you dirty? What could you what would you say to them? Someone that did did me do what would I say to someone that did me dirty? Yeah. Like like if you know better then do better. Like be the better man. Like don't like do something that you like know is wrong and 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 then you're aware that you could be better like you're like pretty much a crazy person if you um doesn't it make sense like i don't know if you're a believer of karma or whatever and uh like when someone really upsets and pisses us off and like deliberately does us wrong you figure like you're almost asking for yourself to have a inconvenient and bad time i feel that happens quite often now what we do in life, I, I I don't know if you believe in karma or what. Do, are you a karma believer? Yeah, at times, at times I do believe in that. What goes around comes around. That's a big thing in the Caribbean yeah. that people go by. Really, is that what they try to preach? Yes, actually, absolutely. It's like you reap what you sow. Do like uh like even a, a Bible verse like do unto others as you would like them to do or. We want them to do it to you or do it to you. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but haven't read it in a while, but there you have it. Do it to others as you would want them to do it to you. Absolutely. Besides that great advice, does anyone give you any bad advice? Like, tell me some bad advice you've got. Like, like, like bad advice I've gotten is like, follow your head and not your heart. Now, and Now, what I mean by that is, of course, follow your head and do the right and logical decision. <laughs> that's the advice you would say don't think with your dick I, I think that's a solid answer so I guess we'll go back and forth so why do you say don't think with your dick yeah we're like in the generation where like teenagers and like the youth are like sexualized on this like on the app TikTok and like that's all you see like I, I tried it and like I was like disgusted by it it's like all you see is like these young girls like twerking and like they think that's the only way cause like everybody there's always going to be some a person who looks better than you. No matter how cute you think you are, there's always someone who is who and looks wise is as good as you. And everybody have part everybody has parts. It's all about what's up here. Who are you as a person cuz everybody uh, um are cute and sexy. You can't like go through life thinking like every, that's how you come going to um face the world with like your looks. It's all about what's up in the mind, so, yeah. Seriously, um, I totally agree with you with that. I think people do try to stoop to a level to get more attraction, but the way is if, if I mean, if you just put yourself confident out there and you make an effort to make yourself look good, it can work, you know? I used to be somebody who used to be really, really fat and well, nobody. Look at you now, you worked on yourself. You care, you stop caring like I did. Yeah, and you don't even stop. You get to a point where I, I had two of these moments of losing a lot of weight. Like between when I was 22, losing all my weight, and then I gained, I kind of gained it back 24, but then at 25, losing, slowly losing it again. And I mean, the difference is I lost my, I lost the weight. I, I 
attempted to lose a lot of weight when I was 22 after just a really bad social incident. No incident, not an incident, but just I just embarrassed myself heavily during this concert. And I was like, you know, let me focus on this. And never, I never want to fi- have this feeling again of embarrassment. So if I take the time to work on myself, get healthy most of all. I can lose all this weight, but most important than getting healthy for my body. Uh, I'm doing it for my body. At first, of course, it was about attraction and looks. I wanted to be the sexiest motherfucker ever. And but mo- achieve that. <laughs> I'd like to think, but I, most importantly, I just... M- just made my body feel better. I, I did stuff better for my heart. I did stuff better for my cholesterol. I did stuff better for my muscles. I just took the time to make my body better. And that really is better than my initial goal of just trying to look so good and attractive. I just made myself feel better about myself. And I really didn't think about that, that aspect of what I was going for and trying to be a macho man. I was just more of a healthy man and like not to sound cliche or anything, but that really helped things together. And, um, it was just assuring. And, and then I was figured out how to do it again, which was probably the biggest challenge. If I could do it once, can I do it twice? And it's true. If you eat like shit, you'll feel like shit. So you are what you eat. I really just don't want to do that again. And of course, plenty plenty of social experiences led me to not feel like a fucking asshole for my body. And well, I'm sure things will come together. Listen, if I don't know, if someone like Adele can make yourself look better like that for the better. Props that's sweet. By the way. Someone like Jonah Hill, someone like Josh Peck and just gain that respect and whatever they do in their personal life is up to them but they were a real inspiration and, and I think that and worked on herself exactly and I'm sure Adele I mean her talent is inspiring and out of this world and I'm sure whatever she wants out of losing weight she'll Adele's get Adele's got a, a place in the heart of every Caribbean <laughs> why not? oh yeah she's just she's, she's so I, I heard like uh, I heard that she like grew up on like the um South End, I, I believe. I don't know if I'm not sure if it's like London or some place where there was like more of a Caribbean minority um group. So she grew up with like that kind of culture, and and she shows her like respect for it. Some people think it's appropriation, and like people have to have to understand like everything is not appropriation. It's like we should be happy that people like show appreciation for different cultures. We're all, like, on this earth together. We're all the, the one human race. And, like, yeah. based on where, where we are on this planet, we're going to have, like, different a different way of life. And it's just how we survive as a species and as a people. And like, when we come together, that's how we, that's how we become great. And that's how we be our better selves. It's and almost dull being ourselves in our own culture. That is how we evolve. want to learn all of the cultures and... I'm somebody who has different cultures and his ethnicity and background, uh, being a mixed race person. I mean, it was easy for me to to feel the other cultures and seeing them and whichever ones I identify with compared to others. I, I mean, it was natural for me to feel those other cultures and I hope that other ones are like that. I mean, interracial marriages are like common now, pretty much a thing. And as the years go by, we're going to see more of that. You can see a an Asian person marrying a person of 
color. color. You can see a person from a Arab country marry a. Yep. That's what life all. That's what life's you know, all about. They can marry. They can marry a yeah. Latino. That's what's cool about this generation right now. One of the things we can't twenty twenty. It's not taboo or whatever. You know, we there's 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 all these things to get out of experiencing the culture. You know. Yeah, sure we have a lot of stuff to work on, but like we will work on it together as one race of people, as one culture. Yeah, you know, hopefully the aliens don't come and we have to fuck shit up with that, but that's definitely a thing it seems. All right, Kevin, what is, tell me another thing that pisses you off right now. What grinds your gears? What angers you? What should stop people from what what should stop people's intolerance of others? Why? Not being empathetic of um, other people because they're different. That's like a big one for me. Like, we are now in 2020. We should be... If we had all come together in the beginning, think of how far we would be as a race of people. Like, bringing our ideas, our cultures together, not like being... like Not like segregating or, and being, or being separate from each other. We would like... We would be like... Probably like thousands of more years ahead in time more evolved as a species as long as we took the time to yeah. hear each other out but like the segregation and separation and like everyone trying to like keep everything within their own race of people what do you think that sets us back as a people what do you think led us to that moment to not have empathy for people anymore why are people like that ah why are people like that i think it's the division of like and in politics and like the government like the super elites and the people who control the everyday life and going on in society i think that's a big part of it i think like people need to realize like it's all about business at the end of the day at the end of the day it's like that's we just have to move past that and like respect our fellow man and like come together and be one and like like unite and call out injustices. I cannot agree more to the statement. Oh, look who's come to visit us. I have the can't they have the cameras turn around, but Larry, Larry. Larry, our mascot. Literally the best cat in the world. Anyways. Ah. Uh, Larry. What else really pisses you off right now, Kevon? I know something else angers you. We can hit the big three. What upsets you in this world right now? Hmm. What upsets me? It could be anything. I hope you're honest. Hey, Larry. Hmm, let's see. Hey. Aw. From the greedy <laughs> Black Panther Bast. All right, tell me, though. What, what, tell me the third, it doesn't have to be the final if you have more yes, to bring up, uh, but what else okay. is angering you right now? People um, using social media to spread hate. Or spread their like misguided ideologies onto the mass, onto the youth, knowing that they are the future, and um, they're the ones that are are gonna be here when we're all gone, and just like um spreading ignorance, like I always have this. Yeah, since when did social media become a place to just tell me how pissed off you so, are? Yeah, it's like it's not the coronavirus isn't yet the only pandemic that's that's going on right now it's the, it's ignorance that's the only sickness that's been going on for years and that's that's another thing that we have to get past as a species to stop spreading hate stop spreading ignorance and division 
it's not that hard to do such a thing either, but people's selfishness, people's ideologies, and people's motives are really only on them. Putting out wrong um, information out there, knowing that the youth will take it in and like um, emulate, and like that's what they'll reflect on society, and it'll never change. So we have to be the change that we wish to see. Our generation or the world as a whole? Oh, not just our generation, the world as a whole. I don't like taking these type of L's for the world, Kevon. Uh, all we talk about, what's something that really makes you happy to see right now? What makes you smile? What makes you feel good? Oh, just like different cultures coming together. Still with the, the culture Based theme. On their differences, yeah. What are you watching on Netflix nowadays? Right, what the, the last... Netflix, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, what are you binging right now? What was the last thing I watched? I know I can remember it. I think it was... Wait, let me see. You don't mind if I look right, Matt? Not at all, man. I pay a lot of money for these podcast things for a limited time, so do what you want. As I get these stupid The last thing I watched was like, um, well, it was really a movie, per se, more than a show. It was like Enola Holmes, which I didn't like. Enola Holmes? Yeah, Enola Holmes. So she's supposed to be like... Enola Holmes. Yes. Like New Orleans, Louisiana Holmes. The acronym. like like Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Please elaborate on that. Yeah, I didn't like really like it. Because if you like read the books, like it's like in in like the movie. So the brother, um, Mycroft, he's like supposed to be like, he's like smarter than both of them, all of the um, siblings combined. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be smart. Well, there's only two slips, Mycroft and Sherlock, but in the um, movie, he has a sister, which isn't canon. And I didn't like how they weren't true to the, like, the um, series or like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's original stuff because Mycroft is like literally smarter than like Sherlock Holmes by far, but he's just like too lazy to go out and like prove his stuff. So like Sherlock goes out and like proves like um, how... How he came to his conclusion, but Mycroft like just says something in that. Then you have to, you have to take what his word as truth, and usually it is. He just feels like he doesn't need to because what's the point? If you already know you're right. Also, what else did I watch? Um, the one hundred is an, the new season isn't all that good. Of the one hundred. Yeah, so it's like this post-apocalyptic Earth being destroyed. They went to space. I don't know. Maybe some of you have seen it, but it's too much to get into right now. <laughs> what did I watch? I've been watching uh, My Name is Earl. You remember that show? Oh, my, oh yes. My <laughs> Name is Earl. <laughs> hey, Earl. How you crab, man? <laughs> yeah, the guy with the list of and the karma trying to like get his good get like his like luck back or something like that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just a good. It's just yep. such a great comfort watch. You used to like, watch it early in the morning. Great show. I watch it now during my when I do hit hit cardio. I just pounce it in, and it's just so funny. It actually makes me look forward to hit. I've been doing hit for like a solid four months, and that's the reason why I lost this weight. And now I found my name is Earl. It's just like that's why I said it's just a funny show. That sometimes you just need a funny comfort show. I've already watched all the good shows on Netflix. I don't like all the new stuff they have now. What are the good shows on so Netflix? I'm waiting for the other stuff. So like I like Sherlock, Luther. That's not there anymore. Uh, Breaking Bad even though it's, I know it's not a Netflix show but it's on Netflix Breaking Bad I never got around to seeing but I did see Prison Break 
Kevon. That I, I liked. You got to give Breaking Bad a shot. You want a, a show that truly gives all the emotions. Yeah, but I just wasn't really into like the drug peddling kind of thing. So it's more than that. It's about a guy who's doing whatever he can with his last days on Earth to save his family. Whether it's, yeah, you're right. It, it is a violent drug and fueled show but you see some real ethos pathos logos in it you see just just really emotional characters that hit at you you see this is a show that'll make you laugh your ass off at certain points this is shows with with characters that are oddly relatable and all and are all flawed yet it's always just an enjoyable watch it that better call Saul the whole Breaking Bad universe is something worth investing and I urge you whatever you can at some point in your life please watch Breaking Bad please Kevon please give it a chance I'll get to it. I, it, it's something for everyone it, it, imagine your favorite action movie your favorite hard nosed drama your favorite I guess there are some points with some great romantic comedies, like some five. You know, some some of the like Jesse's relationships are like some of the best stuff I've seen in a rom com. Everything hits on that show for Breaking Bad. It's great for any cinephile, for any film student, for any student of media and storytelling, especially storytelling with the greatest finale to ever take place. You need to watch Breaking Bad. I'm telling you, you must watch Breaking Bad. You will not be disappointed. You will not feel you had a waste of time. You will have nothing but smiles, emotions, and you're going to say, damn, I felt that. Simply because you, Kevon, my guest here on the Productive Conversations podcast, because you watched Breaking Bad. I really hope that I somehow pitched it to you. How about that? How about you, Kevon? You, I've taken the time to really pitch a show hard nose for you. Can you do the same for me? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, what was like your in like inspiration to like be like your better self to like become like the person like you wanted to be, but you you couldn't at first in like your early years. I guess the main motivation to be my better self was. I really got into watching a lot of movies of being a huge cinephile and seeing like I want to be a storyteller like that. I like to write. I like to do this podcast, like conversations. There's nothing but storytelling in this medium. So when I watch great filmmakers like Quentin Tarantino, Spike Lee, Martin Scorsese, Catherine Bigelow, Steven Spielberg, Vince Gilligan all these men and women who really inspired me to give a shit about storytelling and what you have to do for it. I think really getting into movies specifically and then TV for Vince Gilligan really inspired me to like, damn, I really want to make myself, I want to live a great life so I can be a better storyteller. And who would you say is your biggest inspiration? Which celebrity or person? Well, my biggest inspiration is my mom and dad, even though they drive me crazy, but I do love them deeply. But if you were talking about a professional inspiration, I really like Spike Lee a lot. I think he's funny. I think he does amazing storytelling techniques. 
an incredible filmmaker. So shouts to Spike. Martin Scorsese the same way. I've never seen a director have films that make me scared out of my mind, that made me feel like, oh my God, this is amazing action. And then just incredible drama where I can really feel those characters. That's another big professional influence. Howard Stern specifically, because he really knew how to change his reputation for the better. Have these amazing deep conversations that really, I mean, I'll give you one story. Like, he asked like really tough questions. Yeah, and he he used to be a guy who's like, yo, I want you to hang out. I want you to, you know, do this with a porn star. Write a Sibian with a porn star. star. And then he changed to, he had Robert Plant on once. The lead singer of Led Zeppelin also on the wall. I saw one where he interviewed Little Kim and Chelsea Handler. Those two I liked. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> Howard Stern is a humongous influence on me. Howard yeah. Stern, Conan O'Brien, and Mark Maron are he's the fearless. big three. He's really fearless, really. I mean, Howard Stern is just the way he changed his reputation. We have his book here. He has a special place on each three of the things. I know I seem like a humongous fanboy for Howard, but no, Howard Stern really inspired me to invest the little money I have into a medium like this. He inspired me to interact with people, go out of my boundaries to speak with people like you, whether in front of a microphone or without it. And he really made me feel like, damn, I can do this to what he can do in my own light. So I would say Howard Stern's a humongous personal influence and probably the other personal um, sorry, professional influence. And probably the other big professional influence would be Conan O'Brien. I think Conan O'Brien is the funniest person, not only oh, for his hilarious. Joke. I remember that one bit where he went to Ghana. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. He, he is a very intelligent man. I mean, he has a history degree from Harvard. Mm-hmm. He's laugh out loud funny, both from jokes, practical interactions, and he just can help make you feel good. I think he's very comforting when that? he needs to be. Who was that lady that tried to challenge his intelligence? She was like... Uh, Jennifer Gardner? Yeah, she was like snuck. She in the past that I thought was really funny. And he got an actual dictionary and he was dictionary like, and like schooled her. Like, like, yeah. yeah. And I think some of his conversations, his podcast is probably the most influential medium. Not only it's well, not only it's well booked, but it's it's just so much fun to listen to and watch so Conan O'Brien again I think the biggest professional influences would be Howard Stern Conan O'Brien Spike Lee and Martin Scorsese that Mount Rushmore and then number five I'll leave it that an extra Mount Rushmore and I will be finished with it there actually I'll give two more so David Letterman was great great connection with my father with that I think uh, he was genuinely funny he um, what about Jay Leno? I was a big Jay Leno fan at first, but what he did to Conan, you know, essentially helping NBC to push him out of the Tonight Show yeah. was all, messed up. Of, as we come back, all business at the end of the day, greed and avarice. It is. It, I mean, yeah, you make a good point there, but I don't think he had any reason or justification to push Conan out of the Tonight Show. But because of that, Conan, another thing, reason why Conan got screwed out of the tonight show and he's made his best work ever since in the last decade both on tbs show that travel show as you mentioned like where um conan conan no borders or conan without borders i think is great and then um i would have to say those guys 
Or when and, he had soul food with that dude. That Yeah, and Conan can really blend himself with all different cultures, as you mentioned. Yeah. Like, he could be funny without, like, making the cultures yeah, the butt of the joke. So some people would argue, like, it's called, like, stuff that I mentioned earlier, it's like cultural appropriation, but it's like, um... It's like an em, like embracing another culture different from yours, and it's like it's like a beautiful thing when done correctly. Right, and I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm, I know I keep. Uh, I promise these last two we're gonna have a Mount Rushmore six. Bill Simmons is a big influence. The way he's able to report, entertain, and talk to the sports world in a proficient way, the entertainment world in a proficient way, tech and politics. It's just inspiring to me. So shouts to Bill Simmons, even though I hate all his sports teams and he hates all of my sports teams. Bill Simmons. And then last but not least, to to wrap it all up, I'll just love Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, amazing stand-up. Hopefully they, he doesn't end up being canceled with cancel culture going on. I don't think there's anything to, find, to cancel him on, but uh, God forbid. Yeah. But yes, Eddie Murphy, amazing stand-up, a legitimately great actor insane impressionist and he genius a true genius he saved saturday night live he helped handedly he helped really bring about people of color's culture to give them like you know not there were not a lot of big black comedians i mean there was richard pryor but that was really it on a huge mainstream level he helped break barriers to help make people like chris rock and arsenio hall and tracy morgan and Dave Chappelle have a chance to grow in a platform is because of Eddie Murphy. And yeah, I during Eddie Murphy's SNL episode he did, and when they were all screaming, Eddie, Ed, Eddie, Eddie, that just gives you the chills that he truly earned it. So those are my big six, I guess. Uh, Howard Stern, Conan O'Brien, Bill Simmons, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Eddie Murphy, and last but with David Letterman as well. And then, okay, this is the truly end. Two more. I know the 10 for, for my life. Joe Rogan and Mark Maron. Amazing interviewers. Amazing communicators. The conspiracy theorist guy that he has off it. So, those are my 10. And I can truly say there's no one else moving. Maybe there's more people in my head who have the ranking but there's no reason or relevancy to say that because they all had a good professional influence on me. But most importantly, my parents are the number one influences to be a better person because I can't do anything professionally or do anything career-wise without them teaching me how to be a decent human being. So I love your mom and dad for that. Now, why don't we say with you, Kevon, you tell me who are some of your personal or professional influences. Personal and professional influences. Hmm. Let's see. For personal, like, I'd say my dad. Because they're, like, against all the odds and, like, people trying to, like, tell him to go from his path and what he wanted to do. He still struggled with his, like, work of the old trading ways and, like, Go went against like all the um, the negative and like all this all of his family members telling him what he should how he should live his life, like what was happening to me at one point, and like he like went his own way and like he made good out of it. He he got his trade, 
and like um people even like he taught he even like taught others that like ended up getting like big on getting like a big name for themselves with like like those like with the art artistic like shirts and like tie and dye stuff that I respect about him. He didn't like listen to like like I said earlier. He didn't, he didn't like let people dis- define who he was. He was true to himself and like he made good on it. So and that's what I strive to be, just like him. Well, that's really sweet, Kevin. It really is. Is there any? Is there a celebrity you look up to or a celebrity who's teach who uh, another celebrity? Besides the father one, which oh, yeah. absolutely sounds amazing, Definitely, but in I addition to, I should say, it's just Elba. He's like the guy who could do anything. He's like a DJ. He's like what you call like the jack of all trades, but like master of none, which is like what I I'm amazing American much, yeah. accent. Yep, <laughs> it's like there's nothing he can't do. It's like, like he dresses well. He's a he's a great actor. He even DJ. He does mixed martial arts. Does he really? So like I can like, really relate to people like that, in a way. Didn't he go to Coachella? Oh yeah, he did. I think he DJ. I think he, that that I meant. Didn't he perform at Coachella? I should say. Really, anything on this wall, Kevon, has a special influence to me. They really do. There's when we talk about inf- icons, I'm looking at. When we really talk about influences, it is hard for me. I can really name everyone on this wall and how they really made an effect on my life and what I do and it's not corny it's not campy it's someone to look up to because I'm sure if we didn't have this I would be who, who god forbid who knows where I can be I'd be pretty sad and who like I said not not here so I really do have millions and millions of influences and people people really made an influence on me for good reason so I did mention 10 people and they all were great, but I really could name a million. But those 10 specifically are the ones. Simple as that. They're the ones. Man. Even Ellen, you got up here, got canceled. (laughs) Yes, Ellen had a tough summer. Ellen DeGeneres had a tough summer. I do think she did not quit the show or get fired from it. And I think this was a cool opportunity with what she was able to do to right her wrongs and mistakes. I understand it might take a long time for people to truly forgive, and only time will heal that. But I think Ellen confessed and admitted her mistakes. She knows what she did. And, you know, now I just hope to see, and so far so good, she seems to um, hopefully right walk in the right direction and I've nothing but still love and respect from Ellen I mean she went through a lot of shit before she became a huge talk show host and at the end of the day no one is perfect we all have our mistakes and flaws and well we're told to learn from our mistakes for a reason and as long as you don't commit a crime and do anything insanely offensive we can learn from our mistakes so that's how I look at it and for that is one of the reasons why I still support Ellen and put her on this wall. You have any response or vote with that? I mean, you could disagree. If I don't you know. Want. So like, that's the thing. You. Before, and I'll hear you out if you disagree. I like don't entirely disagree with you because I don't. I don't want to like be one of those people who like blindly judges someone. 
Cause even look, I don't know why people don't realize this. Cause look what happened with like Jesse, Juicy, Jesse Smollett. Like everybody was on his side, and then it turns out like what happened to him was a hoax. And can you explain what happened? Just for the listeners who aren't aware, what happened, yeah, so Jesse like, Smollett? Jesse Smollett is like this um gay African American actor from like Empire, a popular show that my sister really, really got into. I never really got into it like that, but what he did was he staged like these guys wearing MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. Like these two like black dudes like jumping him like with and like saying homophobic slurs and like um that like and like really like dehumanized him and like he's so so he was trying to like I don't know what he was trying to do, but I guess he was trying to make a point of like the racism of like people who like support Trump are but that's really wasn't what was happening at all. It turned out to be a big hoax and I'm sure he took um some consequence for it so, but who knows with what's happened so I don't like really try to like go with like the cancel culture like and like cancel everybody because I don't know these people personally yeah how they who how they are truly and I don't want to like follow like and be wrong about them because like things can be fabricated that's what's tough about cancel culture we canceling people we don't know we're canceling people that we will never meet or have met. So, you know, that's the thing. Humans make mistakes. I would like to think I'm the greatest and pro- perfect person in the world. I probably yes, will stunt we, that. But We tend to forget that, that these people are all human. They were all regular people like us at one point, And they worked hard to get where they were. Exactly. So, that's why, the way I look at it with cancel culture, I think it's fair to cancel someone who commits a major crime. If that makes sense. As long as you don't commit a crime. Exactly. Not say I'm not giving people permission to make mistakes now. You know, you're an adult and or just a human being and trying to do the right. And I hope you're trying to do the right thing. But people make mistakes. I mean, some mistakes have different levels and influences than others. But, you know, not everyone's perfect. That's that's what's tough about canceling people at the end of the day. Not everyone's perfect. And Pete and different times you know count for different measures and um again you don't give permission for people to do horrible things and their bad choices but at the end of the day it really is about choices and what we do research make our own judgment so we just have to do the right thing i think you this is true kevon when i was a kid i saw do the right thing I thought like 10, 11, Spike Lee's, and I just thought that was that made a lot of sense. We should just do the right thing. thing do, yeah. And that really made a huge, profound effect on me as an 11-year-old watching Do the Right Thing on one of these movie channels. You know better, do better. And we see a lot of people who don't do the right thing. And and I guess that, that statement is really the one mantra I've lived for the rest of my life. It's probably on a dating app when I say do the right thing when they ask what quote do you live by. But I mention that because any level-headed person in this world can differentiate right from wrong when they make their choices, and yet people still fail to do so. For whatever reason, they choose to not do it. And well, all we can do in trust is to make sure we do the right thing at the end of the day. And I hope people can do that, and it's not that hard to take a deep breath and make sure you do it of this you know we've we've been talking for 75 minutes now and it's been great i've had a good time with it uh time flies right but um 
every, every, I guess I've been kind of doing this, but I'll continue it with you. But I usually like to end the podcast with some more random questions. And, um, why don't we, uh, hit some of them, some really, some even more of them. So tell me, Kevon, can you tell me a story about you, you dancing really well? I know you love to dance. <laughs> you got some swag. Tell me a great dancing story. Uh, it's crazy. I didn't even, I didn't even think to bring that up. So like, yeah, um, Jamaica, growing up in Jamaica, that's like what we're all about. It was like, um, it's like the party island, really. It's like, we're like big on dancing. It's like, we're one of the most, the country that's like known for our dancing or and our antics in that in the dance hall. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so growing up, kids like, they go to like adult parties at a young age and you would see like these amazing dancers like really skilled people and that's what we grew up seeing and that we wanted to be them and even at like um late nights kids were like even me at, at one point i was like 12 13 years old and i snuck out of my house to go to a party a block party <laughs> and i was like the only kid there dancing around with these adults drinking yeah could even know what i'm talking about <laughs> you can like dance Kevin. <laughs> I, I can attest yeah. you can dance so it's like it like becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of who you are, like the dance culture, and, and like that's what you grow up to become a dancer. I like that. That's awesome. Come on, tell me. Uh, so you you've lived in the city, yeah. you've lived in Manhattan, you lived in Brooklyn, you lived in the Bronx. Tell me a great New York City story that you've experienced. Oh, I have a I have great ones and bad ones. Tell me that. Tell me some of the great ones. So Maybe the they're great, greatly The great bad. ones first. Let's see. Great one is when um the school trips, all the school trips from charter school to like the Lincoln Center, where we like see these yeah. amazing actors, these amazing dancers. You go down to Lincoln Center and watch some yep. operas. It was like it was magical. Orchestras. That was a, yeah one of my favorite moments about going to charter school in the city. It was all these great people. We saw, we got we got to meet some like famous um writers some famous um directors and stuff like that even but uh even one time this like famous youtuber like kadeem i know shabazz came to the school but i wasn't there that day so i missed him dang <laughs> yeah but it was like yeah it's all these yeah all these this talent in the city and, it, and it's crazy how close by it is it was yeah. how close it was to us so so you really loved lincoln center specifically yeah. grew up around i love going there I love Met. I love Lincoln Center because I'd go to LaGuardia High School when I worked at a casting company. So they would have us try to recruit people for I was working for a show called Bestie Pigs Bay on YouTube, which I got you on, Kevon, if you remember. So there was episodes I hope this doesn't sound too weird, but they had like specific high school episodes. They trying to match high schoolers. So I'd have to go with my boss <laughs> giving out flyers. Hey, come, t- will you be on a show for YouTube? And I would like. One of my most awkward moments, but I got to meet some interesting people. So it was all fun. And I would say to kid, these kids, Tobler, oh, you might, there's going to be famous YouTubers. It might be Jake Paul. <laughs> it might be Logan Paul. I didn't say it is. I said it might be, but that still counts. And I was able to get a few kids to go. I'd, I'd, I'd go to a lot to LaGuardia High to help recruit. And then I would go to uh, Talent It's called Talent High or something. I can't remember. It's on the Upper East Side. 
Oh man. Also, skate in the city. Going to like famous skate spots. Where you go, like Union Square. Yep, Midtown, Hell's Kitchen. Washington Square Park. Yeah. Great, amazing. Yeah, man, I can't wait to go back. I really can't wait to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, same. So why don't you tell me? Just tell me another funny story. Just tell me a random ass funny story that happened to you recently. Or how about this? When was the last time you laughed really hard? Oh, <laughs> this um guy that would like um come to my job with like a boombox and like <laughs> dance around random guy. So you're telling me, where do you work? Where do you work to see that? Oh yeah, at Stop and Shop. So yeah, you, you work at Stop and Shop, and you see this this guy who brings a boombox. Boombox, and he would just dance around. It was hey, hilarious. Hey, hey. <laughs> I like guess the Radio Rahim of Stop and Shop. There you go. Do the right thing. Um, I guess, yeah, some people in this world, we live in their world. <laughs> it's their world and we're just living in it. Oh, man. All right, let me give you a couple more and then we'll we'll say goodbye. Tell me a really funny food story. Really funny food story. <laughs> Me taking two bites of my burgers and Brendan roasting me saying I disrespected the burger. <laughs> You're not a burger guy, huh? What happens? No, no, it just wasn't good. It was. It just wasn't to my liking. So I, I, I like my burgers to be like perfect and juicy. Otherwise, I won't eat it. Mm-hmm. So it just has to be perfect. This is how I am, picky eater. <laughs> Yo, Kevon, tell me some more... Uh... <laughs> Tell me, tell me some more. I can, I can do this all day with you, bro. Um, tell me, you and me used to work at Kohl's. That's how we met. That's how we met Kadeem over there. Tell me a funny Kohl's story, because you know there are some in there. Uh, when the manager tried to fight one of the employees. <laughs> so we had the Kohl's manager, without naming names, there's a Kohl's manager trying to... Our manager tried to fight a lady because he thought she knocked down a fixture of jewelry. <laughs> okay, so tell me, so so please rewind me. So she hit. So you're telling me she hits the fixture down with whatever clothes is on it. Walked past the fixture and the whole thing just fell down. <laughs> and he said, "Yo, because they're we old." Fighting. And he was like, "What the hell happened? This is my store. <laughs> I deserve to know what happened." <laughs> And then the like the lady just breaks down in tears, and I'm just oh, like, God man. damn! You got another one. You got another one. Yeah, <laughs> another cold story. Tell me, like I'll tell you one. What's another good one? Let me share one, and you share one, Kevon. All right. All right. So lay wor- one on me, Matt. Lay one on me. When I was working at Coles, this was the tail end of my. I worked there seven years. Listen, I I, I admit I should have taken the job more seriously, and well. I'm I'm working right, and this customer has the audacity to be so rude, give me a nasty look. This one is, I she definitely wish I was self-service the way she was giving those vibes. And I'm in the wrong in this, but you know, come on, it's not that big of a deal. So. I try to like say, you know, we have to div- do a survey and tell us, hey, can you fill out a nice survey? Tell tell the tell the store how I did. So I did, and she just swipes away the receipt, walks away, so walking towards walking towards the entrance, 
I didn't have it. I just yelled, hey, you're welcome. <laughs> and like an hour later, I got our manager, <laughs> the famous Nicole. Matt, come to the office. I got to talk to you. The famous Nicole. I guess she's now, she got married, Nicole. Awesome person, right? And she's like, what is this complaint right here? And she said, I was, it was a person who called, who took the time to remember my name. And she was, she took the time to remember my name and say I was being rude simply because I said, you're welcome. (laughs) I get it. I shouldn't have said anything. But you'd think after all that time, she would just at least say, thank you for your service of, of retail. But I guess not. And I got written up. So, oh my God, just the unnecessary reasons why I would get mad at some stranger who was shopping at Kohl's. Mama Mia. Basically, guys, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners of the Productive Conversations podcast, Kevon? Is there anything else you want to um, bestow to us before we bid yeah, you a fair do? Yeah, uh, just stay true to yourself and don't let society misguide you to become someone other than who you truly are and what you aspire to be oh well that's really humbling to hear kevon and we really appreciate it well if you don't have anything else to share i i don't i just want to say thank you kevon for taking the time to come here thank you for having me matt appreciate it all the time thank you very much kadeen for being in the studio audience brendan went to bed early um it's 11 o'clock on a friday and though we're not at a bar Though we're not kicking it with the dream girl, though we're not watching something productive, we're healthy. We're that here. is our wealth. Health we're healthy. is your wealth. We're well. We have our wealth. We're chilling, and we appreciate moments just like this. So, on that note, I'd like to say thank you, Kevon. Thank you, Kadeem. And well, we'll see you very soon. I hope to have you on again someday, Kevon. Peace out. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. And that's that. Kevon, again, you did great. Thank you so much for another inspiring story of somebody who's from another country and who's really making the most out of it here. Seriously, bro, thank you so much. I enjoyed our talk a lot. I know all our listeners enjoyed our talk a lot. Then just a huge thumbs up for everything. And with that, hope everybody has a great weekend, a safe weekend. Please, if you're in the tri-state area, enjoy it. We're getting really prime fall weather until the real coldness comes. Next week, we have three podcasts dropping, not only on Monday and Thursday, but the extra day this week is going to be Tuesday. Monday, we have Jacob Unger coming in. We talk to him about his life as a field exec, uh, living in the Midwest amongst this pandemic, and going over some of our sports teams and other funny laughs. We have my good friend Julia Borges talking both funny, awkward, and insanely entertaining college stories and she has a lot of fun things to say and then thursday and for a real treat because the co-hosts of the pit podcast and the stars of ted alley entertainment chris morowski and anthony grancelli are coming in for a studio sit down and boy this was one of the funniest kind con- the funniest conversations regardless of podcast i ever had we chopped it up for over three hours and uh <laughs> you guys are in for a real treat but until then 
Hope everyone has a great rest of the week. Thanks again to Kevon for coming on the Productive Conversations podcast. And I love you all. I appreciate you all. And I'll see you very, very soon. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.